let's turn to Luke chapter 7. Uh, can you turn it off first? I will let you know when it's time to come. Um, you need to open your Bible, either as a phone or a paper Bible, because uh, today we have uh, quite a bit scriptures that we need to cover, because um, it's just a wonderful passage that we are going to study together this morning. Uh, early this morning, I was at home and still thinking about this uh, passage. I came to a conclusion. I was actually verbally saying something like, it is beautiful. The way Luke wrote this chapter is very, very beautiful. And today we're going to unpack this. I hope you can see that the way he wrote this chapter, especially, uh, is marvelous. So uh, you might not see it today because maybe I could not help you. I did not do a good job, but I hope you go home and spend some time reading these chapters and read it carefully. Then you will see it and I hope you will get a similar conclusion at the end. Now, this story, uh, I'm sure many of you, if you have been a Christian for some time, you, I'm sure you have read this, you have studied this, and uh, you will find similar stories, actually, in all other three books, uh, John, Ma uh, Matthew, and Mark. But uh, a lot of scholars think that they are similar, or similar stories, but not the same story. But some say that this is a same story. My argument is that this is not the same story. This is not the same incident because in Mark chapter 26, uh, Mark 14, sorry, Matthew chapter 26, uh, that describes Simon the leper. And this story was recorded in the later stage, a few days before Jesus uh, had a Passover dinner, the Last Supper, and then he was hanging on the cross a day later. And in John, talking about similar story, but it's not the same because it's talking about Jesus went to Lazarus and uh, Ma um, Mary was there, Martha was there, so it's not quite the same. So Luke chapter 7, as you can see, the story is recorded in the earlier part of the book, and uh, so we believe this is another incident. And so today we'll look at this together. Now I want to show you this. Now we have, you have to be with me for the next 30 minutes, because uh, it's a very, you have to follow the whole mindset of Luke, the way he wrote this, and uh, what he laid out in the early verses will help us to ex understand this story, meeting with this uh, Pharisee and this sinful woman. So let's, uh, let's have a PowerPoint, please. You all started in uh, verse 16. Now, when I say you all started in verse 16 and 17, because you will see Jesus in the early chapter, the beginning of chapter 7, uh, Luke recorded him uh, doing all kinds of things as he usually does. Hearing the sex, preaching, even uh, save someone from death. So, 16, verse 16, it was a response to all this happening and they will all feel and awe and praise God. A great prophet, you see, the word great prophet came in mind because all this, what Jesus did, the Jewish people remember this because in the early Old Testament, the early prophets could actually do all these things. So to them, Jesus could be just one of the great prophets, just like what we had, what they had in the Old Testament, the early part of uh, history those prophets could perform a lot of miracles. 
So they were thinking that he was a great prophet. So the word spread. They said God has come to help us people. The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. You see, the word spreading. So this is all started, and then we will see verse 18. Now John heard it, and right now he was already in prison. So he heard about this. I don't know why all of a sudden he would ask because maybe the conclusion was not really、uh, encouraging to him because people saying that Jesus was actually a prophet, not the Lamb of God, that he was believing in Jesus. So there was a differences. So in his mind, Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah, the Lamb of God, remove the sin of all mankind. But now, what he did was just concluding as a great prophet. So John wants to find out what really happened. So he sent two disciples. As you continue to read this passage, now this is what Luke is trying to lay out all this, preparing us to understand the incident later. So when the men came to Jesus, they said, "John the Baptist sent us to you and to ask, 'Are you the one who is to come, and should we expect someone else?'" You see, now even John has some doubt about this Jesus, because the conclusion that they had was he was a great prophet, and Jesus did not say anything about that, and so John was kind of starting to hesitate and、uh, starting to have a doubt. So Jesus sent this disciple back. With all these words, in、uh, starting in、uh, verse 21, I believe. So he said, "Go back and report to John what you have seen." And、uh, verse 21, uh, 21, 22. If you look at those response, I'm sure John already heard those. That's why he sent the、uh, messengers. So what Jesus was talking about, brothers and sisters, read this passage carefully. So what? Jesus was talking about was nothing new, except verse 23. Now I want you to pay attention to 23, because these verses that Luke recalls or what Jesus said will help us to understand and appreciate what is to come. So what Jesus said is 23. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, at the end of the report that he asked the messenger to go back to John, there was nothing new about that. John already heard those things. Now, the only difference is right here in 23. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, Jesus was talking about how people react to him after seeing all this. After he's going to unpack his identity and all that. How do we people respond? If they respond negatively, that means they will not be blessed. If you respond positively, you will be blessed. So, 23 lay out the first hints that we need. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So, after John's messenger left, verse 24, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. So he talked about, you know, why are you going to the、uh, river Jordan? You know,、uh, the wilderness, because. He was important, someone. Verse twenty-six. But what do you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, a more than a prophet. You see, Jesus described John the Baptist was greater than a prophet, and he was preparing for Jesus to come. So why would Jesus be just a great prophet? 
So all this saying, when Jesus is preparing his, uh, the listeners, and, uh, and Luke tried to recall this, we need to understand all this. Now, I already said it, uh, earlier, mentioned earlier, there are incidents very similar, recorded in other books. So as a preacher or pastor, or of course, I'm looking at all those uh, incidents. And uh, I wonder why, you know, why this story, if people agree this is the same story, why Mark or Matthew would put it in the later book. The incident happened seems to be close to the, uh, the Last Supper. But Luke is not, Luke put it earlier. So I was trained for many years, you know, and when we read the Bibles, a lot of time we ask for what is Jesus talking about or what Paul is talking about and uh, how he delivered the message. So what are he expecting us to do and all that. But I was trained to ask the question, why? So why would Luke put it here? And why would Luke put this conversation that Jesus had with the crowd before this incident of this dinner happening later. So I was asking why, because I believe when I was reading it, as I said the last few days, I came to the conclusion this morning, as I said, it's just beautiful the way Luke prepares to understand this incident, this dinner. So if you look at it, continues to look at this. So Jesus brought up John again, and he was talking about, this is very important, and he quoted this, I will send my messenger ahead of you. The messenger, of course, we all know that it was John the Baptist, who will prepare your way before you. So what Jesus was talking about, if, if John the Baptist was greater than the prophet, he was just a messenger, and I'm the one that he is preparing for. I would be much greater than just a prophet that people would believe. So the conversation continues. Now, let's go to verse 28. I tell you, among those born women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, let's go continue to read this. Can you see? Oh, is it a white better? Oh, man, I thought black is better. So, I hope you can see it. Uh, actually, it was white before, and then now I changed it black. <laughs> now it's a mistake. So, it's greater than him. Verse 29. Now, it's another uh, hint right here. Prepare us to understand the dinner. Verse 29. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they have been baptized by John. But the Pharisee, now he's coming to the Pharisee, but the Pharisee, the expert in the law, rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Now, Jesus already laid out the two categories. One is responding to John, and the other one is not. So this is already preparing us to understand the conversation that was taking place in the, uh, in the dinner. So Jesus used an uh, illustration in verse 31. To what can I compare the people of this, great, uh, this generation, Jesus uh, asked. How can I describe them? Now, Jesus is using a uh, so-called a story. So it's very important for us to see that because, again, 
Jesus is preparing, Luke, the way he arranged all this is help us to appreciate the conversation that uh, Jesus had later. So Jesus was talking about this uh, game. They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. So there's a group of uh, uh, kids. They are playing pipe. Uh, hopefully, it's a joyful thing. That's why they are supposed to, the, the other group of children are supposed to respond with joy and dance. You see, when group of children play pipe, a joyful music, the other group should respond properly and understand what it means and respond. Remember this? Okay, we'll come back later. But they refuse. And the other group you know, kind of sing some sad song, like a funeral songs, and then the other people will not cry. They refuse to cry. They refuse to respond properly. Now, Jesus using this to describe this generation. This generation, his generation, when God was doing something, people seems to be not responding. That's what he was trying to say. And then verse 33, right away he described this relationship between this talk about this game with John the Baptist and himself. Verse 33, very important. Now it's coming to the highlights now, getting there. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say he is glutter and drunker, a friend of tax collector and sinner. You see, Jesus using the story, and then he applied to John and himself right away. So if you look at it, we will, well, we, a majority of the scholars will believe that that funeral thing, you know, People are crying would describe what John the Baptist was doing because he was calling people to repentance. People feel down, feel sad about what they have done. So that would describe John. And then the, the wedding, you know, everybody singing, dancing, that would be uh, equivalent to what Jesus was doing. He was having fun with people and uh, he was eating meals with uh, tax collectors and sinners, all that. So you see verse 35. Now it comes to verse 35, very important one again. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. So Jesus ends this teaching talking about wisdom is what? Proven right, justified. In Greek, I think, in, oh boy. So verse 33 and 35, Try to, uh, Jesus tried to apply this to, to himself. Now, this is my translation. So if you don't like it, uh, at least don't blame I'm a heresy, but I'm trying to follow the Greek and uh, try to use uh, the Greek to help us to understand how Jesus put these two, two together, these two uh, conversations earlier and later. When all the people and tax collector, verse 29, I, I, told, I already shared with you, this is a very important verse. Verse 29, heard this, oh, I'm sorry, not heard this, heard this, and they justified God. So it was in an active uh, justification. They justified God for they had been baptized by John. Now, same word happened in verse 35. The wisdom is justified. This time it's passive. The wisdom is justified by all her children. So God is what? God is wise. 
because his plan is perfect. The way he sent John the Baptist and Jesus was coming after and fulfilled this salvation plan, God was wise. The way he arranged all that, God was wise. But only to those who will respond positively. Remember the children's game? People do not respond according to God's plan. And they criticize John the Baptist, he has demons, and criticize Jesus, he was just a greedy guy, fun guy, enjoy being with sinners. Now, all this is preparing us. Are you ready now? Now we are coming to this story now. Now, all this, what Luke is preparing us is coming to understand this conversation that the invitation, first of all, that uh, this Pharisee has. Now, we remember this. Jesus already said that people respond to John the Baptist. Some people were baptized, but not the Pharisee, the scholars. They refused because their argument, according to John, was I am, Abraham was my father. So we already have this right for this relationship covenant that we have, the blessing that will come with it. So we don't have to listening to John, and just like this game, they were not responding to him, and at the same time, of course, Jesus anticipated that they would not respond to him either. You see, all this is laying out for us to see what happened in this dinner. If you, if you do not read this ahead of time, it's a little bit difficult to understand the story, or a little bit difficult to appreciate what Jesus was talking about in the story. Okay, let's go into this story. Are you ready? Oh, man. Are you awake? (laughs) Because I think it's very exciting to see how Luke writes this, and it's just beautiful. I know my conclusion this morning was just, wow, it's beautiful, the way he he wrote it. It's just amazing. You know, I'm I'm not a scholar. You know, my wife always say that I'm not educated. And, uh, but when I'm reading the scriptures, you know, it's just beautiful. And uh, that is my conclusion. And uh, of course, let's continue the conversation. But wisdom is, is justified. You see, this is responding, calling each other. And your conclusion should be God is why in his plan is all his arrangement. But are you ready to respond positively and according to God's plan? And I think the conversation that we will continue to carry in this dinner. Okay, let's go to the dinner. Verse 35, 36, when one of the Pharisees, remember, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house. Uh, because of time, I will, I will try to explain these three individuals, the Pharisee, the woman who has a lot of sins, and how Jesus responds to all that. So, uh, because of time, you know, I don't have a one hour to go through this with you. Let's go this quickly. And uh, if we look at um, what Jesus trying to teach and all that, I think we will kind of understand the whole story, you know, easier way. So, they saw this lady coming in, so I want to show you what really happened. And uh, this is the culture in those days, manner and customs. You will see that and all this happening. But, uh, or, or did not happen when Jesus came. 
So washing the feet was really normal in those days when you wear sandals. The country uh, is always have a lot of sand, so when you go to home, your own home or someone's home, of course, uh, the, get, the guests, you know, the feet should be washed, should be clean, and then we feel much better. So for example, you, you know, we have 35 degrees uh, temperature in the summer, you have friends coming in, and he's sweating like crazy, and you turn off the AC, you don't have a fans for him, and say, let's have a, you know, hot pot. Something like that. So Jesus came in, his, his feet were dirty, there's no water for him, and no kissing. Kissing is for uh, closer friends and family's relatives. So if you see uh, Eastern uh, culture, even Eastern Europe, uh, people, you know, when they see each other, Russians, you know, they will kiss each other, see how many kisses they have. Uh, if it's not really related closely, they might just keep you one, one side. But if they know you really well, nonstop, you know, here, 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 you know, okay, 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 enough, enough, enough. So that's the kissing part. It's a closer people. Anointing, meaning that the guest is honorable. You know, we respect him, honor him, so we appoint oil on that guest. So this is what the uh, custom in those days. So if you look at what Jesus accusing, or not accusing, actually pointing out what this Pharisee, uh, the Simon, did not do, and compared to this woman, this sinner, so-called, you will see that, you know, a Pharisee, Simon invited Jesus into his home, but he did not invite him into his heart. That's a huge difference. He invited Jesus for some purpose. We do not know. He only treated him like what? He said, speak teacher. And he thought, in his mind, he thought Jesus was a great prophet. Nothing close to what Jesus actually was and is, a Messiah, a Savior. So he invited him, just like many of us, we invite Jesus coming into your home, but he actually is not in your heart because he did not do all these necessary steps to treat Jesus properly. Compared to that, you will see that woman, he did, she did all that. We all know that. Right? Because already saying inclined. Now, I, I give you two pictures. This is a smaller room. You know, in those days, if the room is a little bit smaller, uh, people cannot recline. So they might sit like that. And it's hard to reach their feet uh, in this incident. But uh, this Pharisee, Simon, we believe he has a bigger house. So the way they will recline, will be more like this. Can you see? Uh, people have their feet out. Oh, sorry. Their feet out, all this, so that uh, it's a bigger room. To them, they sit more comfortable in this way. And uh, you may ask how uh, these women uh, came into this house. And then I'll try to find out why. And then uh, I, I, I was told uh, in those days, when uh, uh, rich people, they have a, a big feast, celebration, whatever, they have a lot of guests coming in, and uh, they will actually allow some poor people to go to the court of their house, uh, waiting for leftover. So it might be that situation, this uh, woman came in, 
And uh, so he, she quite, uh, of course, she was not here for food. So she started to approach Jesus. So the distance that she can get to was his feet. So all this starting to happen. He was, she was crying. Now, a lot of scholars thinking that she was crying because of her, of her sin. But if you read this carefully and uh, do some digging, and uh, we believe that he, she actually already uh, repented, baptized by John, and now he was responding, she was responding with grateful heart because she actually was the one accepting Jesus' God's plan. Seeing John the Baptist prepare the way for this Savior. So she responds by repentance. Now she sees Jesus as a Savior, the one to actually forgive her sin. So now she is coming to meet Jesus after she found out that Jesus was coming to this town and she loved to see him and show her gratitude. So she was crying, not because of her sin. It's because of her gratitude, her love for this Savior. So it's a little bit different. So she, she came and she cried, and as we all know the story, she crying and then she kissed and then uh, cleaned her feet, doing all that uh, with this uh, very expensive uh, perfume and put on the Jesus' feet. So she actually, this is not her home, but she actually contrasts. Remember the contrast, the game, the contrast about John the Baptist and Jesus, the contrast of people responding to John's message, people refused to, uh, to accept his message. It was a huge contrast. And uh, this woman, even though this is not his, her home, she has accepted Jesus into her heart. You see, a guy invited Jesus to come to his house, but not to his heart. This woman come, this is not his, her house, but she already invited Jesus into her house. And she's responding with gratefulness. And she cried, and we need to see the huge difference. And then Jesus told the story. Now, we have to see this again because it's a very important going back to the conversation earlier. Well, how Luke lay out all this to prepare us to understand. So Jesus was talking about uh, a, uh, two debtors, only, me, uh, only uh, money. So they were forgiven. One is 50, one is 500, something like that. And so it's 10 times more. But without the detail of the story, both were forgiven. And Jesus was asking, who would love more? And you know, like that. Now, a lot of people think, including myself, Jesus used two instead of one. Could be he was talking about this Simon guy. So, you know, in the earlier days I was reading this, I thought when Jesus used these two instead of one, we thought actually maybe Simon already responded to or was going to respond to the uh, invitation of Jesus being forgiven when he repented. But reading earlier chap uh, in these chapters, and also reading in the Greek a uh, little bit more, digging in, I, I realized that this is not the same. So when Jesus was talking about that, and um, so Pharisee, Simon, respond, yeah, the one that forgiven more will love more. Logical response. 
And then Jesus in 43 said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt were given. Simon replied, and Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Now, this is coming to the main story. Verse 44, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? You see, do you see this woman? First question. Francis, do you see people need Jesus? Do you see people around us? Or will we just ignore them? Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. So he was talking about that. And you did not put oil on my head, but she was poor perfume on my feet. Verse 47. Now, coming to the conclusion almost. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Now, NIV did not do justly, because these two, I look at the Greek verb, forgiven. The woman, when Jesus was talking about this woman, it was a perfect tense, meaning that this already happened, and uh, this, wo- this woman's sin was forgiven because I, we believe that she was baptized by John, so the sin was forgiven. Now she's coming here to show appreciation and gratefulness to God. And uh, perfect tense in Greek meaning that something happened in the past, but the effect continues to at this moment. But when Jesus described another one, he used perfect, not perfect tense, but present tense. He's just saying that the one forgive little, will love little. But that phase was not describing the Pharisee, Simon. Because we see right away in verse 48, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Jesus was using the same grammar to dis- in that story to describe this debtor that owned a lot of money, this woman. And now he, she directly told this lady and said, your sins are forgiven. Perfect tense again but did not talk about Simon at all in these situations. Now you understand why the conversation earlier, Jesus was talking about people respond to John, and the Pharisees refuse. And right here, even though he talked about these two people owning God's money, um, owning the, the guy's money, but when they were forgiven, one actually really happened. But the other one was just a concept. It's not happening yet. And this Pharisee did not respond. Simon did not respond to God's call and invitation to accept Jesus. And because of, and we know why, because the earlier verses already tell us Jesus bringing this contrast, the, the game, and all that, telling us that there was people, Pharisee would not respond because we were so stubborn. We were not so stubborn to God's plan. Right in front of our eyes, it was a wise and beautiful God's plan, but we refused to see it. And these are religious leaders. And they are the ones who will not respond positively. So when Jesus said, said to her, your sins are forgiven, you know, he did not even finish the sentence. And verse 49, the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? 
Everybody knows that. Only God can. So he was not just a great prophet, brothers and sisters. Jesus answering this question actually already tells us that he was more than a great prophet because he is the one who can forgive sin. The woman knows that his, her sin was forgiven, but forgive, forgive by who? Now he came to see Jesus. He acknowledged God's plans was wise. John the Baptist, the forerunner, and the Savior come later, and that was Jesus Christ. And she responded positively. And she was the one being saved. And Jesus, in verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith, not your love for me, not the perfume, not your tear, but your faith have saved you. What faith? Faith to trust God's wise plan of salvation. She respond accordingly. Not like these people refuse, and they refuse to go through this baptism of repentance of sin. Isn't it wonderful, beautiful, this story? The whole chapter, how Luke laid out all this, preparing us. I don't know about you, I'm just feeling excited. At the end, I just want to share with you about this. I think it's very important for us to really understand and uh, know God's plan, His wise plan, perfect timing, everything. You know, the Pharisee, they thought they were holding on something. Abraham was our father. You know, we were always holding on something and refused to accept Jesus or accept God's plan. We are holding on to our knowledge, experience, and all that, and we will not respond. And this woman, looking at her own sin, she knows what she needs to be done. So today, I just want to encourage you, God's plan, we have, we have a different role to play as the disciples of Jesus. But we need to understand, we need to know God's plan for us as a church too. What will you choose? Will you choose like this game? Or the Pharisee, or the scholars, the scribes, they refuse because they are holding on something in their history and saying that this is not working for me. But God was bringing in something totally different. And this conversation between this Simon and this woman tells us that Jesus wanting us to respond positively knowing his plan, the perfect plan. God has some plan for us, NTCAC. And we need to respond positively. Time's up. And uh, let's pray. And I hope that if I did not get you excited about this chapter, I hope you go home, read a few more times, take in a little bit more, and you will appreciate this conversation even better. Let's pray together. Our Father, we give you thanks for this morning. Lord, we thank you for Luke, an awesome writer. 
he put this story, this conversation ahead of uh, this dinner and prepared us to understand. Lord, we thank you for Jesus' love for this woman, her faith, not what she has done, not what she had, what she had but her faith saved her. Her faith in Jesus. That's why she came to Jesus. Lord, we pray that as we look at your plan of salvation, our plan for NTCAC, Lord, we pray that we will not like those children, not responding God's plan. John and Jesus, in the eyes of these religious people, they were so extreme and they refused to follow and accept them. Lord, we pray that we will have this, uh, this teachable heart, a heart to obey and follow with gratitude of what you have done in our lives, will compel us to go forward because of your love for each one of us. Lord, we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name.